Hello, everybody. John Finn, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. Today, talking about house church, the house churches of the New Testament. This is part of a series we're doing, and as you, if you're watching this, you see the different categories on our channel, talking about house churches and this subject in particular, house churches in the New Testament. I've already shared from Adam to Pentecost about why church meets in the house, and now talking about the pages of the New Testament. But I want to start by saying this. Have you ever been taken out of context. Something you have said, something you've written, been taken out of context. Have you ever been in the midst of an argument where somebody says so-and-so, and you and you say, I didn't say that, or I didn't mean that? I mean, that happens when you're kids with your, with your brother or sister, right? I mean, they'll say, Mom, so-and-so said this. It's like, well, yes, I said that, but I didn't mean it like that. They'll take it out of context. Well, what if everything you have believed to be God was something that had been taken out of context, and so that the basis for your whole faith has been based on something lifted from its original intent and its original context. And so therefore, if that's the case, then everything that you have believed has been twisted and turned around because everything you believed has been taken out of context. Well, folks, that is the case of millions of Christians, and millions more are waking up to that fact. And the, the fact of the matter is that for the first 300 or so years, the church met in homes exclusively. When Christianity was legalized, Constantine called people out of homes. They kicked a lot of the, the pagan uh, go, um, gods and goddesses and, and temple priests and all that out of the way. And, and they said, this is a good venue for, for Christians. In fact, my wife and I were taking a tour of Pompeii, Italy. And as we were, one of the last stops there was a temple to Zeus. And our Italian archaeologist tour guide had made the comment completely unsolicited, just out of her learning there on the site, and said this. It said, you know, Christianity started out in homes, but when it was legalized, they discovered that the pagan temples were ideal for their purposes. And they told people to come out of the homes to meet in these temples. And she pointed out, she said, they already had an altar, it had a podium, it had seats, it was an auditorium setting. And I was astounded because I've been saying this for 20 years, you know, and here's this archaeologist in Pompeii, Italy, talking about the Temple of Zeus and how it had been converted to a church and why it was. Same thing I've been saying, folks. It, it, so so uh, the same thing that Dr. Ralph Neighbor, uh, who's kind of the father of, of, house, of cell church in the U.S., had said in April of 2001 in Tulsa, Oklahoma, he said, you're sitting in an auditorium, auditorium built by the devil for God's people because the original auditoriums were pagan temples and Christians met in them. But what if you understood? So, so having that context, understanding that all, that the whole of the New Testament was written by apostles doing church in the house, and they were writing to people who were doing church in the house, to lift that out of the house context means to misunderstand everything. So everything you understand about the fivefold ministry is wrong, out of context, because it has been placed in the auditorium where it was never intended. Everything you've learned about the Lord's Supper and the way that was done and the way it, it was practiced for 300 years, lifted out of the home context and out of the meal context and set in a big auditorium where they for you know where they take little things of juice and little wafers or you know it, it completely out of context uh the, the understanding of of um the culture the meetings different things that if you put it in the auditorium it doesn't make sense uh, like 1 Corinthians 14, where he talks about in from verse 26 all the way through, everybody has something to share. Really? In verse 14, 
or verse 26 of chapter 14, where he says, every one of you has a psalm, a doctrine, a revelation, tongues, interpretation. Really? You can't do that in the auditorium. Those whole passages mean absolutely nothing if you have lifted that out of the home and put it in the auditorium. So if you are one who has only known church in the auditorium and have never experienced a good, balanced, biblically-based home, uh, home-based church where you rotate homes, rotate who leads each week, uh, led by a group of people who are stable in character, stable in life, stable in their faith, um, you know, and rotating all that around, then, then you really haven't experienced the New Testament within the context. So this is all about having taken four and a half minutes to, to say that. So let's set it in the context to, to just make the point. Um, and how, the question is, because I went Adam to Pentecost on Church in the Home. So how did it expand from the 120 people at Pentecost? How did it expand? Well, Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 tell us that the persecution after Stephen's execution, after Stephen's death, is murder in Acts chapter 7. It says in Acts 8, 1, opens saying that the persecution was so bad that every disciple left Jerusalem except for the apostles. Now, I've seen estimates that there were maybe 10,000 believers in Jerusalem. So there was a mass exodus of Jerusalem because the persecution uh, in which Saul of Tarsus was involved was so severe. And Acts 8, 1 and 2 says they moved to Judea and Samaria. In other words, they moved to the suburbs. They moved to the countryside. And that's why in Acts chapter 8, the very, in that chapter, you see Philip going up to Samaria to preach to the people and also explain to the population why they suddenly have, you know, 10,000 people dumped in their laps, why people have moved in so, so much. And there was a, a lot of joy. A lot of people came to the Lord in the expansion. But then in Acts chapter 11, when you look at verses 19 through 30, it says this. We are told in verse 20, it says, many of those who left Jerusalem during the persecution went on to Cyprus and Cyrene and then to Antioch. And in Antioch, they began preaching Jesus to the Greeks. So it tells us that Acts 8, 1 and 2, while it says they moved to Judea and Samaria, it's not the complete picture because Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 30, verse 20 in particular, talks about how they went on to Cyprus and Cyrene. They, they didn't stop at Judea and Samaria. They moved on. And by the time they got to Antioch, which is in north, which is in Syria, um, they started preaching to the Greeks and many came to the Lord. And so the apostles heard about it and they sent Barnabas to them and realizing they were Gentiles, Barnabas realized his friend Saul uh, was called as, in ministry to the Gentiles, and so he went to Tarsus to get Saul, and there they began in Antioch, and there it says in verses 26, 27, we were first called Christians in Antioch, and Paul and Barnabas stayed there for over a year, about a year teaching them. And so it goes beyond that. So when Paul is going off in his ministry, let's let's just examine the pay, the new testament to see how it is and you can see in acts acts chapter 16 mentions lydia and the church in her house chapter 17 opens with thessalonica and jason and his house chapter 18 talks about the church in corinth and the church in justice's house and we go on in romans it says writing of the church in rome about the year 56 paul says this Greet, and this is Acts, or Romans chapter 16, verses uh, 1 through 6. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the church in their house. Now, Paul uh, is writing his letter to the Romans, and he's saying, greet the church in their house. So when, you, when you're writing a letter, and it says, greet them in the house, when you're reading Romans, you're reading a letter which was sent to Priscilla and Aquila and the church that meets in their house. Think about that. You are 
not eavesdropping, but you are partaking of a, of a letter originally addressed to and opened by Aquila and Priscilla in the church in their house. When you read, read the letter to the Romans, yes, it was copied, yes, it was passed around to many more churches in the house, but they are to be included in that. So then we go to Ephesus, and Paul writes to the Ephesians from Corinth. In 1 Corinthians 16, verses 8 through 9, Paul says this, he tells the Corinthians in verse 19, uh, greet Aquila and Priscilla and the church that meets in their house. So when he's writing to Ephesus, we know that Aquila and Priscilla have moved from Rome and they are in, uh, they're in Ephesus right now. Paul, again, is writing to the Ephesians from Corinth and he's going to send this letter to Ephesus and he says, greet Aquila and Priscilla and the church in their house. So when you read Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, those three letters in particular are all going to the homes, uh, the home of Aquila and Priscilla. We go on to Colossae in Philemon, verse 2. Paul says to, he's greeting Philemon and the church in your house. And we know from uh, Colossians uh, 4, 9 that Philemon was from Colossae. So when you read, now we're up to, uh, like I said, Acts 16 is Philippians because it mentions Lydia and the jailer. And Acts 17 is Thessalonica. So you've got Jason in his house. And uh, we've already got, oh, in Laodicea and Colossians 4.15 mentions a woman named Nymphus and the church in her house. So when you read Romans and Ephesians and First and Second Corinthians and First and Second Thessalonians and, and the Philippians and Colossians, when you read those, we have the names of the people that they were addressed to or that were, that were reading them. They weren't just addressed just to them, but the whole body in the community, but they were mentioned by name. So think about that. When you're reading the New Testament, and this is really what I just wanted to share to get that point across to cause you to think. When you're reading the pages of the New Testament, when you're reading those letters, and certainly you remember the book of Revelation, it mentions the seven churches, starting out with Ephesus, which again is Aquila and Priscilla were based there, but they weren't the only ones by any means. And you've got Philadelphia and, and Pergamum and, and Sardis and Thyatira. Um, Laodicea is mentioned, Colossians 4.15, Nymphus and the church that meets in her house in Laodicea. So you, you've got Nymphus there in Laodicea. You've got Aquila and Priscilla who were founders. Now, Book of Revelation was written years later, so they wouldn't still be there. But I'm saying that, that we have that connection that we know that they went from house to house and they grew and spread. And so when they would outgrow a house, then, then they, that group, because they were used to leading and rotating among themselves in the Jewish synagogue system, then they would just multiply out and they began saturating, just filling from house to house throughout the New Testament, throughout, or excuse me, throughout the Roman Empire. So my point today is, as I've traced in these two videos from Adam to Pentecost, now Pentecost through the book of Revelation, the church met in homes. And when you read the pages of the New Testament, certainly Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were, were passed around among the home-based churches. That's where they met. They stayed in that system um, of, of meeting in homes based on family, friends, neighbors, and coworkers. So when you're reading the pages of the New Testament, read through. Think of the Lord's Supper. What would this mean in 1 Corinthians 11 when you're reading it? What would it mean in a home setting? When you're reading the fivefold ministry, uh, and what would it mean in the setting of a home and in a, in a community where the body of Christ is located, all meeting in homes? That you would have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And also in 1 Corinthians 12, he mentions helps, governments, special miracles, special tongues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, put that back in the context. If you're not seeing that where you go to church, then just remember this. The next time you go to your auditorium or the next time you stay at home and just watch church on TV or on you know your computer, you're taking the scripture out of context. The, the only applicable way, let me put it this way, the highest and best way this is applied 
is in the home. Because the from Matthew through Revelation, it was written by people doing church in the home and writing to people who are doing church in the home. So that hopefully educates you a little bit. And you'll see that even, even in 1 Corinthians 11, if, if you look at that, it says, you know, some of the people were, they dealt with bias, they dealt with prejudice, they dealt with all sorts of things. You know, people, the rich people were eating on their own and, and everything. They didn't want to mix with the others and have the Lord's Supper. All of those things were dealt with on a home basis. Uh, so just think about all these things, put it back in the context, and then consider um, finding somebody who's on the same spiritual page with you and invest in that relationship, even if it starts with just coffee or tea somewhere to just meet and share the Lord. And then maybe if you know people, maybe invite them over for a meal some evening, talk and pray, talk about your faith, what you're doing, just get together. It's all about the relationships. It's all stemming forth from the family, the first family, Adam and Eve with the Lord in the garden, and it's flowed out from there ever since. It remains the same today all around the world. All right, God bless you. Uh, Bye-bye.